I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Try tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Oh, Sarah, I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Okay, but first, I'm kind of excited because I actually have an animal story for you this week, which yes! is like exciting me way more than it should, especially once you hear the actual story. Okay. Well, I really was excited to get on so we could hear about the CrossFit competition, but first, first bring it, bring on the animal okay. story. <laughs> okay. I can almost guarantee you that the animal story is going to be better than the CrossFit story. <laughs> it's a high but bar. I'm just, I'm just like setting the, so that there are listeners don't have So they have appropriate expectations. (laughs) You mean unbelievably high for whatever you're about to tell us? Whatever I'm about to say. Okay, so I'll try to be brief. But about a month ago, um, I was here. I had a mouse in my house. My friend Karen and her partner Matt and their baby were staying with me. I was leaving, so like I was here for a couple days with them. I left while I was gone. I bought some traps. Med caught the mouse. I had the pest control guy come. He said he thought it came under the door between my garage and house. I bought like a bumper stop to go under the door. Med got the mouse and the trap done and dusted. (laughs) Okay. So two mornings ago, I'm sitting here on the sofa. I've been getting up. This has been a particularly early week for me. Like I think this morning I was up at 4.30. Sometimes I just wake up, you know? Um, So I guess it was about 5 30 yesterday, two days ago, I just literally see a mouse gallop <laughs> up the stairs yeah. from the garage <laughs> across the kitchen and into the pantry. Like, dude, it's like, dude knew where he was going. He's like straight to the where I store the food. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> and I'm like, and then I thought, I don't really feel like dealing with this today. So I'm just going to not. Um, and then yesterday morning, I got up and uh, also early sitting there working, sitting on the sofa working. And I hear like a rustling noise. Like I thought it was in one of my drawers, like in the kitchen, but it wasn't. You should have seen me trying to open the drawer, by the way. I had like a, <laughs> like the, <laughs> the like, uh, what do you call it? The handle of like a broom that had a little like thing on the end of it that I could just hook on the drawer and just like pull it open and peer in. <laughs> Um, anyway, I didn't manage to find the mouse, but I did call the pest guy and get him back. Um, so he came yesterday. I have no idea how this second mouse got in. Um, but I actually asked him, I'm like, could you set the traps for me? Like, he's like, just put some traps out. I'm like, I don't trust myself to do a good enough job of this. Like, could you please like, he's, I'm like, how much would it cost me for you to just put the traps out? He's like a hundred bucks. I'm like, sold. Like, so he put traps all over my kitchen big lumps of whatever the stuff is that they try to, I then cleaned out 
all the food, put it all in bins, cleaned out a pile of like, I found like the mouse house. It actually made a nest in my legal documents, which is hilarious. Like, oh no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like all the documents from like the sales and purchasing of homes, my, my corporate, um, like all my corporate documents. <laughs> She's been here for a while. I think I'm not sure if I found the home of the previous one and just didn't find it before, or if this is the home of the new one. Like, I don't know what, like, I don't know what this, anyway, I threw, I cleaned up the documents, but I threw out like several pairs of shoes that were covered in poop. It's lots of stuff from the pantry, cleaned out the whole pantry. So like the entire area where that it's home was and everything just like, it's just like traps. (laughs) Right. Okay. So now this morning <laughs> I get up, it was really early. It was like four 30 this morning. I was awake and I was sitting on the sofa working. No, I got up and went to the kitchen and there's a, there's a little mouse just like looking its head and they're kind of cute actually. Yeah, they are. It's head out from like under the pantry door. Just like, <laughs> just doing this little like and I was like, you cheeky bugger. And I tried to scare it like back in because I wanted it like go back in there where the traps are. Like, what are you doing? You're just like, I would hear being like, I saw your traps and I'm just here to tell you <laughs> like whatever. So I'm trying to get and it won't go back. And you know how like like mice are usually like startled really easily and scurry away. Like they don't usually like hang out with their heads out just like looking at you. As far as I know, that's not been my and I, no, that's right. my, my, so and I start throwing shoes at it <laughs> to try to get it to go back into the pantry, like where the food, it, where the traps are. So I'm like, okay, finally it goes back in. And then like an hour later I see it and it's doing the same thing. Like it's like coming out from under the, and it's doing this and it's doing this back and forth. Right. And I'm like, and I got up and I got closer and I looked at it and I'm like, that guy's stuck. Right. And there's, yeah. So something is impeding him from like exiting (gasps) the pantry. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, we have a situation here. (laughs) So, (laughs) and then when it finally, like when I got close enough to it, it did get scared and it, it turned, I could see it's like, it clearly had turned around because I could see its tail come out too. So I'm like, oh, it has a paw, a paw in a trap, probably because, and it was moving pretty quickly. Like this was not a half dead mouse. This is like a, a like it's like, and it's my foot stuck. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. You know, like um, Winnie the Pooh, when he goes to rabbit's house and he eats too much and he can't get out. Do you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Right, right. And then he's like trying to push himself out and he's like wiggling around and you see in his like its body was kind of elongating as it's trying to like get out. Like, and I'm just like, oh my God. So then I'm like, well, what do I do? Like, how do I put this mouse out of its misery? Like, do I just, like, what do I do? So <laughs> this is my solution. Also, I was scared of like, I was like scared of opening the door like I'm like what because it was clearly still very mobile like it had you know like it kind of had like a broken paw in a in a trap right right I'm like so if it if I let it out and I don't catch it and then it runs somewhere like it's obviously not going to go far but I'm like what if it gets caught somewhere else and then it's like mm. caught behind my and I have a dying mouse 
behind my stove. Like, I don't know. I just like, just like, like, I just don't know what's going to happen if I try to catch it or let it out. So my solution was to barricade it into the pantry. <laughs> but but Sarah, I barricaded it into the pantry. And my hope is, because they're like nocturnal, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's sleeping. Like Karen said, maybe it'll just bleed out, Sarah. I'm like, I was not thinking of this option, but maybe it will bleed out. But <laughs> maybe it will like get hungry again because it's only the only thing to do in there is to eat from a trap. So I'm like kind of hopeful that like it will try another trap that will actually kill it and put it out of its misery. Oh my goodness. You're not going to like my answer. <laughs> It comes from experience. Okay. Oh my, we're going to lose so many listeners after this. Um, <laughs> so we, we lived in this old house that was built like 1790s and mm-hmm. not, Oof, yeah, quite not, old. that's, yeah, wow. not super well renovated. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, it was a cool house, but very drafty, needless to say, many little critters came into the house on a regular basis um so it was basically one or two mice a day that we had to get rid of situation oh my god um not my favorite but we tried all the different traps Mm -hmm. in the end we went with the ones that break their necks because it was the least cruel right uh but for a little bit we tried the sticky traps the problem, the sticky traps. Oh, they just stick to it. They're just like alive and stuck to it. Which is kind of the situation you have right <laughs> it now, It is, Sarah. yeah, it is. Like I have the ones that's, that are supposed to snap and kill yeah, them. But yeah, it just like so got a paw in there instead. What we had to, I never did it because it's too gruesome. Uh, what we had to do with the sticky traps um, was drown them. So this was it. I was like, am I going to have to? Yeah. Drowning was another option I thought of. I'm still hopeful that it's gone back in and actually the snap trap has worked. Okay. Well, if tomorrow it hasn't, it's, it's so gross. It's so horrible to, but yeah, I, I do not, I did not enjoy living in that house for that reason. Yeah. So the good news for me is that like this, I live in a brand new townhouse and like, so I've had two different pest control guys come down here and they're like the, there's no way they're like, they're not, they like came in through the door. Yeah. You know, like cause okay. before I had like under the door, like right. it was just like a clear, you could see just the way the door was shaped and the way that there was like this little, you know, those things like at the bottom of doors, like a little sweep. But it's like would be very easy and like the right gap size for the sweep to like for a mouse to come in. So the previous one could have easily just well walked in. This one's like a bit of a mystery, but I think it's also possible that they're like nesting in the garage. So next stage is to like go clean out all that, make sure ever all the papers and stuff are in bins. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hope I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that we don't. But like. <laughs> I was like, the funny thing, the funniest thing for me is like how long it took me to realize it was stuck and how I knew it was like unusual behavior for a mouse. And yet I put it down to like a personality trait of the mouse. Like I was like, you cheeky little mouse. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just curious, just, yeah. just rubbing it in that it's made its home in my house. Yeah. It's like, maybe I should have gone for the, another explanation faster, but 
I didn't make it there at 4.30 in the morning. So, well, good luck. Um, Thank you. I, yeah, I don't like the whole killing mice thing. I know. Maybe, maybe can you borrow a friend's cat? Yeah, it's a good, actually, that's what my mom said. She's like, why don't you just get a cat? I'm like, well, Rosie would love a cat. I just, what I need, because I go away so much, like, you know, I'm at Jamie's a lot. I'm traveling for work. So I need like someone, I need like a share a cat situation. No, like your, your last place, your temporary place with your neighborhood cat. (laughs) But yeah, I can't just like steal the name like (laughs) to take care of my mice. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's what, there is like a black cat here who's come into our place a couple times. Perfect. Um, that we've befriended. Probably could smell the mice. Who's like, oh, it was like, go. hello. And so, <laughs> so maybe I'll just like let the cat come in, go into the pantry. Yeah, yeah, for just, sure. Oh, but then the cat could get stuck in the traps. No, that, that's not good. This is no, not good no, cats are smarter than that. You think so? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to deal with a cat with a paw in a trap. That's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But going forward, that cat should be able to like prowl through your house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As a like long term solution, just have like a a cat that comes over and hangs out for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's my animal story. But um, yeah, coming up, we are going to talk about my CrossFit competition. We're going to talk about stack height on running shoes and a marathon t-shirt for Hawk. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your inside tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. Okay, so now that you've set expectations that it's your CrossFit competition story is not going to be up to par with the mouse story, mm-hmm. you got to fill us in. Uh, I didn't go. <laughs> what? No. So. <laughs> so I much buildup. You have the tracksuit. I know. I had the tracksuit. I had. I had the whole asking you advice thing going on. I had. 
the training. Well, I didn't really have the training. I had 10% of the training I needed. I was like, but that's about as committed as I am. I You were guaranteed to be fourth. I was guaranteed a fourth place just off the podium. And like from the way that it went, is a, f- a friend of mine who's at the same gym um, is in my age category. And I, she came third. So I'm like, I 100% called that. Like I would have come fourth. Um, anyway, so I'll tell you what happened on Thursday. So we were supposed to get on the plane on Friday morning. And on Thursday at like, I wasn't sleeping that well. I was a little bit stressed about something at work. And then at one o'clock in the morning, just like fever, a little bit of puking. Yeah. One till five ish at five 30, I texted Brent and Megan, who I was supposed to pick up on the way to the airport mm-hmm. and was like, Hey, <laughs> I'm sick. I haven't slept. I don't think I'm going to come. And just wanted to let you all know in case I like fall asleep now and don't wake up, like wanted to let you know now. And then when I woke up at, yeah. And then I woke up around 10, 10 30. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling now? I'm okay. Like I had a couple of rough days. I actually think at first I was like food poisoning, like in the scheme of things, whatever that was, was kind of minor. Cause like, or it could have been a gluten response. Hmm. Like I got over it fairly quickly. Um, although all I did all weekend was one easy jog. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not up to competing mm-hmm. even for fun. Mm-hmm. or traveling potentially getting everybody with you sick no that's it like when you and there's 20 people from my gym at that competition like I'm just like I don't I'm not gonna be that person like that's part of because I could have gone for the fun right you know um and not competed uh so I didn't get to wear my green velour tracksuit you didn't wear it as you were lounging on the couch I I, like, I I I cuddled with it and sent a picture to them (laughs) oh I'm sorry Mm -hmm. I know know. so yeah okay you're right so it was a bit anticlimactic after all of this but okay (laughs) okay so what I want to say what I want to ask you is like have you ever had like a hard crash and burn like that like the day before race oh so I have been sick enough that I had to pull out from the race, but like I've started. Right. Like I remember like Kona, for example, but you like saw that yeah. coming, like where you didn't like where you were like, good the night before yeah. or whatever, like or a couple nights before you're like, I'm fine. And then just like something. I've had a couple, like you start, you have some GI virus thing and you're like maybe I'm gonna be okay and then you're like no I'm not gonna be okay like I have to pull to the side and Mm -hmm. withdraw Mm -hmm. and find a toilet as soon as possible so I've had a couple of those yeah yeah interesting (laughs) Yeah. yeah I yeah I've had a couple of those too where you just like you're like I'm here I might as well try like as if magically you're gonna be able to do a great Iron Man <laughs> like that, I feel like that although you do hear once in a while it works out for someone you know yeah yeah I was gonna say I had a sprint one time that um prize money sprint in Abu Dhabi that was like where I had pretty significant GI stuff before you know like squatting in the bushes like right before the start like that kind of you know that had been happening all morning 
Um, and I did great, <laughs> but I didn't actually feel sick. Like I didn't feel systemically sick. I just felt like something had kind of, and even worse. So like, I know it's kind of normal to like have a little bit of, you know, not normal kind of stuff happening in, on a race day, but this is like beyond a normal nerves kind of reaction. This is like yeah, hardcore. The problem <laughs> is if that happens one time, like anytime I'm actually amazed that you've gotten to the point where you're like, Hey, things aren't just going to magically get better. You have matured. Sarah. No, I wish <laughs> that I had done this sooner. Cause like how easy would it have been easy, much easier to not get up at four o'clock in the morning and go and pretend that I'm doing an iron man. <laughs> like when, when things are not cool, you know, well, you're my bike's racks might as well. Might as well. One year. Um, I had, oh, this is interesting. Okay. I don't think I've ever talked about this, but like I had right before I decided to like, I decided to take a break, which is the reason I decided to have a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so this would have been, let's see, Rosie was born in 2011. So it was in 2010, Ironman, Arizona. And I, in retrospect, I was like, I was like, completely burnt out and like stressed. And I was probably like significantly in a state of LEA. Like I was probably, I didn't, st- I was probably under eating like too much to try to, for performance reasons, you know, like just like somebody, you're just trying to lean down. It's not working. And it's just, and I, in the middle of the night before the race, like I had a bit of a like breakdown. Like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't think I'm mentally ready to like to actually do Iron Man. Like, wow. Yeah. And like, I couldn't sleep. And then Clint, I was with Clint at the time and he was awake. And I was like, I'm very serious. Like, I don't think I can make myself do an Iron Man. Um, like mentally, I knew it was like mm-hmm. mentally, but it was funny. Cause it was like one of those times. And then we decided like, I'm not doing it. Mm. Right. Like we just kind of made that call. And it was one of the times, do you remember when Iron Man Man, it was like one of the iterations of the rules around how pros qualified. And there were slots that, I don't know if you, were you doing Iron Man at this phase? Like there were slots that like, okay, there were some slots that rolled in the pro division, but they would roll to like, it would roll like out of your race if there weren't enough starters. Okay. So like, let's say. Interesting. Yeah. So something like Iron Man in Arizona, there might be seven slots, right? Or let's say six slots. But it wasn't decided, like they tried to do this proportional thing. So like, it wasn't decided, it wasn't just like three men, three women, which is totally what it should have been, right? They like guarantee, I think they guaranteed two men and two women. And then there was a certain amount of rolling slots, depending on how many women or men started the race. Mm. So, so we worked it out that like, we did the calculation that like, if I didn't start the race or if one person, so somebody else could have not started to, but like mm-hmm. if one woman didn't start the race, one of the Kona slots was going to disappear from those women. Like, and you wouldn't know until, because how would you know? Like, you're not, right. you know, you wouldn't know until you were done. So you could be like racing into third, be like, great. I got my Kona slot and then be like, then be like, sorry, not enough women started. And th- that one would roll to the men. <laughs> That's where it would roll to. It would roll to the oh, men. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. It was a very weird, maybe one to two year like <laughs> period where they were like trying to work out some kind of fairness that was 
ridiculous. Um, anyway, so I went and I was like, all I had to do was like cross the, like I got, I put on my wetsuit, I put on my chip and I had to cross the, I had to get in the water as if I started. So like I got in the water and then the race started and I got out. <laughs> and then whoever got that, I don't know, remember who got the slaughter, but somebody got a slot because I did that. <laughs> that was really quite impressive. Like for you to put your own interests aside and think of somebody else. Yeah. Thanks. I, it was because it was something that like, that's the kind of thing that would have affected me a lot because that's where like, like a third place at Ironman Arizona was like realistically, like how I was going to qualify at that stage in my career. You know, like I'd never won an Ironman. Like it was like, that could have been me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For so sure. I'm like, I'm not going to be that person. And there had already been people who had like done that where it was like, Oh, if this, if so-and-so had only just Cause like, of course you were trying to like, we were trying to, cause I thought this system was stupid and we were looking at it from every angle saying like, how do we pull this apart? Right. We're like, oh, if so-and-so had just got literally put her timing ship on and got in the water, she there could have been an extra slot. Now it's not, I'm not saying it's that person's like, it's never that person's fault. Like if I'd chosen to stay home, that was clearly the right decision for me. Like whatever, that person is not responsible for, and they shouldn't be in that position. Like right. I should right. have never been in that position. Yeah. It was a terrible system. Yeah. Like I could have had the flu and been like dragging my ass just across a timing chip at six o'clock, six 30 in the morning. Like not. Yeah. Anyway. Did you even have to put a wetsuit on? I think I did. I don't know. You've done it. Oh yeah. Of course you have. Um, Like it can be freaking cold. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm visualizing you having your timing chip on you and like in your, in your pajamas. Can you imagine if I didn't even do like cap and goggles? I just like, I make a complete mockery of it. I, I just like, just cross the timing chip and then like not even get in. Yeah, just, just like, turn around. You know, that floating dock that you jump off. I don't know if it's still the same in Arizona. Just like stay on the floating dock. <laughs> it's like, whatever, we're done here. I don't know where it, like, I don't know whether you had to like, you know, the chips get activated or something when you yeah, start, yeah. like, I don't know at what point it had to be activated, oh. but I think you had to start the race. So whatever that was, I had to stay in the water long enough to make it seem like I started the race. <laughs> uh, I, I guess you have to give Iron Man credit for not sticking with that system. Yeah, it's true. That's true. That was a terrible, terrible idea. Although I will give them, I'll also give them credit for like trying, you know, <laughs> like they're trying. Although just like giving equal slots would have been. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's that story. Um, okay. Sarah, talk to me about this. Like I've, I read about this whole, I don't know what it is, kerfuffle about like the running shoes that are allowed for is that is this what you were going to talk about yeah yeah so it's it's another interesting decision from from iron man so they're trying things out so they decided okay uh there are shoes that according to world athletics are illegal so if it's over 40 millimeter stack height and i think if it has like more than one plate um, or the something about the plates. I don't remember the exact configuration. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. So you you missed the you missed the men's race at Kona, right? 
Uh, no, we didn't actually because we went to the airport that evening. So we actually saw the men's race. We saw them finish and straight to the airport. Yeah. Did you did you saw did you see Gustav's shoes that he was running in? I didn't notice them. Okay. So if you're watching, you're like, whoa, those are some really tall shoes. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that was what I was like, whoa, those shoes aren't legal. Um, that's what went through my mind because oh. they they were uh, some prototypes from on that were quite tall. Um, there are a couple of other companies that have, uh, you know, quote unquote, illegal shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Adidas has some. Uh, I think New Balance has some. But according to World Athletes, like right, sanctioned that... races, you can't use them. Okay, that's what I was. And can nobody use them at sanctioned races? Like even if you're in the, even if you're like running a four-hour marathon or is it just like the elite athletes? I think it's just the elites. Okay. So this is this is where I think it's going to get interesting because, <laughs> you know, there are there are these companies that have them on the market. And I'm just, I'm imagining who is actually going to be measuring stack height of running shoes? <laughs> you know, like yeah. which official is going to be doing that? Mm-hmm. And then it got me thinking about, okay, so how did they decide to stick to this rule? But the bikes can be they don't follow UCI rules. That's the first question I had. And even though I knew nothing about this, I read two lines about this from Kelly's newsletter. And the first thought that I had was like, but with bikes, like triathlon was the place where like everybody was like experimenting. They were like allow different things. Like the bike companies can make completely different bikes for triathlon because the UCI rules are different. Like, yeah. So why the shoes? Like if anything, the, the bikes, the bikes give a bigger advantage. Than the Absolutely. Shoes. Absolutely. So <laughs> it's so interesting to me that they're like, this is where we're going to draw the line because yeah. <laughs> like they, can you? They're okay with, you know, pretty dodgy, uh, you know, bike designs. Um, you can, you can ride anything. You can almost ride anything. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. I think they remember when they had like the front wheel was smaller. Mm. This phase, like from the nineties or something. Yeah. I think maybe they said no to that. Yeah. I'm sure there's some things, (laughs) but the, but the fact that they're like, okay, this governing body, we're going to stick to their rules, but this other one forget it. Mm-hmm. It just, it's so interesting to me. The same with, um, I was thinking about like the, the swim skins and wetsuits, which also have rules, mm-hmm. but have you ever had somebody check your swim skin? Like to make sure there's no hidden neoprene or something. Yeah, that's true. No, no. Has anybody ever looked at like, I've never had an official look at my wetsuit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just so interesting to me. It's great to come up with rules mm-hmm. and in the interest of fairness, but it just seems a little arbitrary where they draw the line. Yeah, it does. I agree <laughs> with that. I okay. Can you can you explain to me like briefly what the advantages of this high stack shoe? Um. So obviously, there's more foam, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. Like, so there's like rides longer. 
<laughs> okay. So like, okay. So you, you understand it about as much as I do. <laughs> I have no idea. I have okay. No Cause idea. that's like my, I'm somebody's going to be able to send us a voice memo to explain this to oh, us. Oh, I'm sure. I'm um, sure. Jordan. I, but yeah, <laughs> but like, I should, I should have asked Ben beforehand. Yeah. I don't understand the intricacies of it. And like, the other thing I don't understand is like how, like the stack height, if it, how does the stack height, is it, if it's higher, it has more padding. Yeah. So there's more foam. There's more foam, which is what you said. Right. So I, then my second question is, but surely the material makes as much difference to the padding as the height. Like, so are we, are there materials that aren't allowed? Like, I'm just kind of unclear on like, cause you could have a super like shock absorbent material that was smaller. Right. Because yeah, well, like so this physics. this whole this whole generation of super shoes, mm-hmm. um, most of the benefit comes from the foam itself. So so basically, they're saying if we take this fancy foam and we put even more of it, mm-hmm. there's going to be even more of kind of like that. Oh, does spring. the foam spring back? Yeah, is that okay? Okay, now I'm like my brain's starting to like once yeah. I put a little brain power into it, I'm like okay. But, Maybe, but my understanding is world athletics. Part of it is they just wanted to make sure that they weren't like entering an arms race, essentially, where they realized that they had to start drawing a line somewhere um, or else there's going to be like people basically on like pogo sticks out there strapped to their feet. <laughs> Boing. <laughs> it was exactly. like, you know, like a 10, 10 meter stride. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Boing. I mean, Boing. essentially. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I kind of get it. It's just, yeah, it is. I thought the exact same thing as you. I would love, uh, an, like someone informed, um, to write in, but like, I, I had the same reaction as like the aerodynamic advantage of some of those tri bikes over what UCI allows for their for their TT bikes is pretty big as I understand. Like, you know what the difference is? If somebody buys one of these TT bikes or like triathlon specific bikes, it's like ten thousand dollars plus. Yeah, and they are going to be super pissed if Iron Man's like, no, UCI. Yeah, only. nailed it. Whereas, nailed it. yeah, if somebody buys like two hundred fifty dollars pair of shoes, they're going to be a little bummed. Mm-hmm. But it's not like uh, they're not. There's not going to be a ton of outrage. True. And who buys those ten thousand dollars tri bikes? But the people, the age groupers who qualify for Kona, that is, those are the folks who buy those bikes. Yep. Right. Of right. course. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because because the illegal stack height shoes, um, like it's there probably were only a few pairs out there mm-hmm. at Kona. Mm-hmm. But in the next couple of years, if Iron Man didn't do anything, it would mm-hmm. be everybody. Right. I don't um, even know what the rules are about the bike. I probably should. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I think there are rules like spokes and things i don't know <laughs> sorry <laughs> i feel like these are things we should know i totally oh, well, should know it's like considering I just... i'm i'm I, I like to be fair you're not racing anymore 
<laughs> but I didn't know. I couldn't tell you what it was 10 years ago either. Yeah. So I just trusted the people that sent me the bike. That's right. a terrible way to run your professional career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah. Whoops. Oh, well, um, I'm sure we're not the only ones yeah. <laughs> who don't know the specifics. Hmm. Okay. Well, I learned something very interesting. Well, I, I'm, I'm really curious now. I'm going to follow up with Ben and find out about the world athletic standard and mm-hmm. like what it means, uh, practically speaking. Yeah. Well, I'll get back to you. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. Um, all right. And I'll get back to you about the mouse, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, okay. Let's take a little break and then we're going to talk about Hawks marathon t-shirt. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The AminoCo's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that AminoCo's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 230 whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy, and I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years, and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com that's iron women the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts iron women 1515 at orca.com
Okay, I just want to clarify my son, who's still a toddler, is not running a marathon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before anybody starts like calling child protective services. If he was though, he'd be wearing some he could wear the stack height shoes because he could like <laughs> it's like your actual height versus stack height. So like, it brings him up to like three feet. He's good. <laughs> Oh my God. I just pictured like little Hawk, like bouncing along, like at the front, just like <laughs> his illegal shoes because he's just in an age group and nobody cares. And he's just like, boing, boing. Look at me, mommy. <laughs> he only likes to run downhill. So I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're going to go down. Ben's doing Boston Marathon. Ooh, cool. And um, so that's coming up in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I want to come up with like a, a custom like t-shirt mm-hmm. for Hawk to wear. And it's a, t- it's a surprise. So I can't consult with Ben. And I'm just, I've been, I have no good ideas. And I know that our people who listen to this podcast are creative. So if somebody can come up with something that I like, the best I have is like, go data. That's boring. <laughs> you could have some play on true like there's lots of that's the first thing that comes to yeah. mind because there's lots of ways yeah. to play with it although like nothing actual tangible is coming to mind like, I'm just like true fan i mean mm. eh. yeah that's kind of lame <laughs> true daddy <laughs> <laughs> i don't know go true daddy <laughs> so no, i'm just i'm i'm gonna let people mold over and if they yeah. have any suggestions let me know because okay. I'm all I'm all ears and I cannot think of this right now. Um, but I, I need to get on it because I think it's going to be really cute. Like, what would you want to see on your kid? Like, Great question. Finishing a marathon. What would be? I don't think you'd necessarily would notice. But like once you got done, you would notice. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd be. Oh, gosh. I, I think it would have been so fun if like if Rosie had had a little shirt with me on it. Mm. that said like go mommy or something yeah just like plain and simple I think that could have been pretty cute I always just appreciated if she like during Iron Man like honestly like the I can't even remember if she I think she only came to one maybe two she came to Iron Man Arizona one year and I um and I had a pretty decent race but she at the end like she was, was asleep like I came across the finish line and she's asleep (laughs) she was like maybe two yeah (laughs) um that's so there's that it's a really long boring day (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like that's fine actually she got sick that night and they still have this picture of her lying on the floor in a hotel room face she's face down like she just fell asleep on the floor she was playing on the floor she was she ended up being fevered that night and we had to give her some towel and I was a little scary but anyway two-year-old face down on the hotel room floor with a balloon a helium balloon attached to her wrist and it's sticking up in the air and it was just like the cutest thing but also um, really sad <laughs> really sad poor fevered rosie just like um yeah okay oh okay tell me about like ben's like do you feel like ben what do you feel like Ben would appreciate? I don't know. Like, does he want to see his kid on course or not till the end? He or will like, he how won't does... notice. He'll be, re- he'll be like in the middle of it. It'll be after. Right. 
Unless I show it to him before because I'm terrible at secrets. <laughs> well, he might see it when you put him on him in the morning. Put it on him in the morning. I don't think I'm allowed. We're not allowed to stay with him the night before. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so it can be a true surprise. <laughs> huh. I don't, yeah. I, I like this idea. I'm just like, I'm coming up empty. I might have to have time to think well, about it. Maybe being, our listeners. Yeah. yeah our, our listeners. listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Send exactly. some ideas in. Um, I did. What else was I going to I had a story there. Sleep. There was one sprint race I did where she stayed awake and she was like, go mommy. That was great. That was amazing. Oh. I came around this corner and she's just like, go mommy. I'm like, oh, you understand. Like you understand that I'm in a race. And that That's I'm, really cute. But I do have to tell you, ooh, wait, although I do have to tell you, like when she was about three, she like, she did this a couple of times. We'd be like walking to school. We'd be leaving the house to walk to school and there'd be people commuting on bikes. Mm-hmm. And like, she didn't understand that people weren't in a race who were like, <laughs> so she used to, she did this on a number of occasions. She cheered people on who were like biking or running. <laughs> That's, That's adorable. <laughs> like. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, we we already live in a loop that uh, is kind of popular for jogging, mm-hmm. and like he's fascinated by everybody he runs by. Mm-hmm. So it, I can't wait for him to come home and just start cheering everybody on. That's good. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's like a gradual hill by our house. Yeah, so people are kind of tired by the time they're like jogging by. <laughs> But yeah, can you imagine just some toddler going out there? Just like, just going like, yay, go. She would be like, go bikers. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. And there's like professors just like commuting to the university, like literally. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. That Um, made their days. Let's mm -hmm, be honest. mm -hmm. Yeah. Has Ben uh, or Ben, has Hawk ever seen you race? Yeah, he he came to Ironman Lake Placid. Um, oh, okay, but again, he's pretty he young was, though, right? Probably he was napping. Yeah, he was napping most of the time. Mm-hmm. It was loud, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think this will be the first race he's been to that he'll kind of understand what's going on. Right. Well, that's but so he'll fun. he'll probably want to like get out in the course and start running. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good that's why that's why you should do it you should get some bouncy shoes let them go for it just like (laughs) i love it uh well if anybody has ideas i am all ears please pass them along uh if you have ideas for sarah about what to do about her mouse situation we also need some feedback there because i don't think she likes my advice um but yeah we can't wait to hear about what happens next week and as always we love a good voicemail thanks for listening to another week of if we were writing we know what it takes to be reaching the top